Magical Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steen, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. At Schumer said. At Water. little towns out there up and down the 99 the i5 Shannonella, we don't forget you bringing in that tot tax over there hey that's for you maryland every single saturday on these airwaves new content that's right everybody's going is it a rerun is it another rerun no it's not hey last weekend was memorial day never forget ultimate sacrifice so that i can come to you within reason and give our opinion and talk the land of freedom. So we took a little time off. And we played uh, one of the oldies but goodies here recently. Lauren Ganella. Really appreciate him coming in, giving us that insight. And it's amazing. Some people say, you know, don't people get tired of hearing the reruns? Well, I, I got a lot of comments. Great interview. You learn something every time. Maybe some people didn't hear it the first uh, 50. No, I think we played it a couple of times before that. But again, here we are, June 5th. June 5th. Uh, not quite halfway through the year. We have to get through the month. May took forever. What, we had 16 Saturdays in May, but uh, only four this month, and we come to you on a fairly nice day. I think uh, just below four digits, excuse me, triple digits out there. Boy, this last week. Hee-chihuahua. Hot, 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 baby. The dogs were not moving after about, well, there was one day, about 11 o'clock, they were I had to check them, but uh, boy, they, it, it was hot out there. The animals, hopefully everybody made it through your plants, that sort of thing. A lot of, a lot of wilting going on out there. I, 103, 104, I think it was a little hotter down south. We're right on that edge, that northern edge, where we uh, get a little bit of the, uh, the cooler weather. I think it comes through the Pacheco Pass, Los Banos. Gets a lot of the uh, cool weather. Hey, speaking of LB, the LB, the west side. The west side's the best side. We always tease the west side, uh, west of the Iron Curtain on Dickinson Ferry Road. We don't hear that much from those folks. But today, 8 o'clock, in just a short hour from now, we will hear from not only Scotty Silvera, District 5 Supervisor, Board of Supervisors, representing District 5, five districts, and also with him, Darren McDaniel, Dayron. Some people spell his name wrong. I think I put two R's in there too. But it's uh, Darren McDaniel, District 3, Merced County Supervisor. They're going to be our guests at 8 o'clock. And we cover a lot of things. We wanted to cover more. I'm going to try to have more guests in this year. Because uh, there's so such a difference uh, in having guests, you get to go in a lot of different directions. And again, we just didn't have the time, I wish we did, to talk about everything we wanted to. There's a lot going on over there at the county, as you know, the Castle Commerce Center at the Atwater City Council meeting last week, or excuse me, a couple of weeks ago. Darren uh, gave his report to the council, indicated that uh, might be a little railroad, short-line railroad coming in there. And that was, well, that perked my ears up. Because anytime you talk about rail in the valley, uh, that's a... A little dicey. The ACE train we know is going to come, I think. Just had the EIR completed. 
for our section, which is good news. Those are the hurdles that behind the scenes you have to get through. Of course, the right-of-way is already there. The nice thing about the ACE train that may happen is the end of the line, which we will be, and they usually have a maintenance hub somewhere to clean up the trains, that sort of thing, usually at the end of the line where they turn them around. So hopefully we'll be in the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the running for that. But Darren has some great information, so does Scotty, so that's the 8 o'clock hour. You don't want to miss it. Lots going on this week. Tremendous amount of things going on this week. And the last couple of weeks, again, we took last week off. I think the last time we came to you was sometime in May, and the, the numbers are really small over there on the calendar. So we're going to go with that. Uh, the city of Atwater in the news again. Kind of interesting. I think that this situation uh, going on with the city manager, the police chief, uh, regarding uh, an eviction. Not an eviction. It was really a property inspection. Uh, a person... Well, I lived over there in the city of Atwater, and uh, the city manager, Lori Waterman, was the owner of the house, the landlord of the house, responsible party for the house. Evidently wanted to make some sort of a inspection prior to a pending sale, or everything was going on. And this happened in November of last year, I believe, was the timeline. You know, and normally, uh, we look at these issues and kind of on, on face value, but I think what people don't know and... You know, without getting into a lot of detail, there's a lot going on behind the scenes on this story for both of the parties involved. A very, very difficult time in both of these individuals' lives. It was illustrated a little bit in the story in the paper uh, about Miss, Mrs. Ron and her uh, issues that were going on at the time. Some tragic family personal issues. And, and uh, Lori Waterman also was going uh, through some issues at the time. And I think that when you factor that in the emotional stress and again not making excuses but again I think I think that's a big factor in this one and I I would only look at this story in relation to maybe the chief's involvement Salvador and again it's a, a really emotional uh, time in, in both of these folks lives and really you, you try to diffuse these situations as best you can so it doesn't turn into something worse or more confrontational so the chief's involvement, while it may look uh, a little favorable, again, I think you need to know the backstory in both of these uh, folks' lives, what was going on at the time. And unfortunately, it was something that's now come to light almost, I don't know what, November, what, six, eight months later, eight months later. And I'm sure it'll be resolved and worked out. And, you know, obviously, according to the article, Mrs. Ron has moved on, the house is uh, probably occupied by somebody else by now. I don't know. But it was just an unfortunate incident that happened during a very difficult time in both of those individuals' lives. I'm not excusing uh, the uh, perception, uh, maybe some of the uh, things that were talked about. But again, I, I think that you need to look at everything. And, and that's some of the things that doesn't come across uh, in the story. So again, uh, Atwater finding itself... In the news, you know, we covered the Atwater, or we didn't cover the Atwater City Council meeting when it happened back on the 24th of May, and uh, I, I did get a chance to watch it. That's one of the reasons I asked Darren to come in, because he gave his presentation up there, uh, usually once a month, District 3 presentation to the city of Atwater. I found out that he was agendized to come on the uh, calendar there at the city of Atwater, and I would I would encourage 
the city of Merced to agendize Supervisor McDaniel, who represents District 3. A good portion of that is the Loughborough area, which used to be represented by our mayor, current mayor, Matt Serrato, uh, when he was a councilman. And I think that he could probably sum up for the rest of the board members, because Merced is represented uh, by District 2 and by District 1, uh, Mr. Pedroso and Mr. Rodrigo Espinoza, supervisors. And they, uh, you know, you haven't seen them at the meetings a lot, but Darren, he's kind of a, he's a public personality, a really good speaker. And I think it would be nice to have him come to the Merced City Council meetings. And so I would encourage the council city staff to invite him to agendize him for at least one meeting a month to give us an update. He was giving an update to Atwater, and he talked about a short-line railroad, short-haul railroad, coming into Castle, logistics, uh, ag use, uh, cooperating, uh, or excuse me, coordinating with air and freight connections. And I thought that was really, really interesting because we've always heard about these start-stops. We have this agreement with the uh, Port of Los Angeles, uh, the uh, Mid-California International Trade District. There's all kinds of names we use for what I fondly, fondly call Castle Air Force Base to this day. And so this was a, a good uh, informational, in, you know, he couldn't talk too much about it. It was just kind of a little tease. Uh, it's evidently happening. There was some, uh, as, as he talks about in the 8 o'clock hour, the county was thinking of uh, one way to utilize rail with this port district. And this company is coming in and, and even expanding the horizon, if you will, on what the view that can be done here in Central California with accumulating the goods and, and somehow getting them to where they need to go, not only overseas, but all over the United States. And really, that's kind of what we talked about, logistics, that sort of thing. So again, it looks like that's happening. It looks like that's kicking off. He also talked about a big plan the county is having for enforcement of fireworks this year. As you know, this has been a tremendous problem, a pet peeve of mine for a couple of years. Uh, the, the, the dogs don't like it. And it seems now that it uh, is more than just the holidays of New Year's and Fourth of July and, I don't know, it seems Christmas. There's always some reason to blow off a, a, a mortar around here, and I believe that it's just getting out of hand because it's every it's almost every night now. Uh, I, I talked to Chief Parker on another show off the air, uh, and he, he has a lot of frustration. He came from Sacramento. He saw what went on uh, there, and he assures me it's a lot worse, which I... I can believe because there's more people, but it's really getting bad here around Merced. And Darren wanted to let folks know, Supervisor McDaniel wanted to let folks know that they have a big plan, big, 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 big plan with Cal Fire on fireworks enforcement this year in cooperation with the sheriff. The sheriff is cooperating with the police of the six incorporated cities in this town or in this county. And that's what needs to happen. We had a fire chief interim a couple of years ago that said, well, you know, we don't have any, uh, you know, the reason we don't confiscate or go out and do any enforcement is we don't have a, uh, you know, a magazine, uh, a storage facility for powder and those uh, type of explosive things. And I, I kind of chuckled to myself. I think the Merced marching, you know, I thought to myself, well, the Merced marching 100, you know, they've had, they've got 5,000 pounds of fireworks next to a little plywood booth. They do that every year out in the sun. I, I think the fire department could go out and do a little enforcement, but there's always a reason why we can't do something. And again, government is very good at telling you why you cannot do something. That's why I really appreciate our new city attorney that tells us how to do something, how we can uh, get around these issues. And I think fireworks enforcement is one of those things. You know, is it an administrative fine? Is it a civil fine? Is it a criminal fine? Do we even fine? We don't, we don't prosecute anybody. You know, we have these little uh, splashes where, you know, some kid from 
you know, SDF, you know, Stanislaus State, you know, sells a couple of bottle rockets on Craigslist. And, you know, suddenly it's like some interstate, you know, commerce bust. You know, you think Benny's out there, you know, finding a half a million dollars under the headrest. But no, it's it's really ineffective. And so we need to get on the ground, boots on the ground the night that these uh, issues are happening, which now is every night. And I, I think the police need to be empowered to write these sites, uh, be able to write these M sites. These are misdemeanor sites, infractions, whatever they are. I guarantee you there's some municipal code out there that exists. We don't need to create new laws. We need to enforce the ones we have. So, Darren McDaniel, very, very uh, emphatic that this year is different. Now, talking to Chief Parker, and I don't think I'm talking out of school, it's a multi-year approach because you really have to condition folks to understand that, look, this, this can't go on all the time. It's disruptive to people. It's disruptive to pets. It's a public safety issue. It's a fire hazard, especially in the summer. You know, to do anything uh, these 104, 105 degrees days, I can tell you, having lived through the Detweiler fire in person 14 days, uh, no contact with anybody except uh, the fire, it, it, it's, uh, it's something you don't want to go through. So fireworks enforcement, I know some people poo-poo it. You know, hey, we're just having a little fun. But uh, it, it's really just gotten out of hand. We need to kind of kind of tamp that down. Darren talked about having a stray dog show up at his house the other night because uh, somebody, you know, lit off a bottle rocket here. He, you know, comes in and here's a, here's a, here's a stray dog at the door. He took it in, you know, he didn't want to cause the city of Atwater an impound fee. I thought that was a, a cute little joke. Uh, but he, uh, he indicated he has three rescue animals himself, which I didn't know that, which again, you know, these animals, they really are impacted uh, by this stuff. So again, I hope that happens. I look forward to it. Oh, we didn't get ready for the next segment. I tell you, I got to do everything myself. Dave Luna. Hey, don't forget Dave's show. Tonight, cruising, cruising with Dave. Who doesn't want to go out for a ride with Dave Luna? The big kahuna. Hey, we're out of time for the first segment, the 6 a.m. hour, June 5th, 2021. Can you believe it? New content. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Hundred News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll be right back. Citizen Watch, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM KYOS. Yeah, we're living in the human zoo. Hey, speaking of that, the zoo is open. That's right. Applegate Park, all the fun. We're starting to open up. Can you believe it? But we got, let's look at the old calendar here together. Uh, not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that, the 15th is supposed to be wide open. Pretty much like that now. The mask thing is still, I don't know, a lot of people still hanging on to that. Went somewhere yesterday. Please put on your mask. Okay, okay, right here in the pocket. I got it. I got it. I think we're always going to have to carry protection. Like in the old days, that bulge in the wallet. No, I'm just teasing. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning, second segment, 6 a.m., June 5th. Citizen Watch, uh, we've been off a couple of weeks. One week. Where was I? At Water City Council meeting, Darren McDaniel, his presentation, absolutely wonderful. You have my invite to the Merced City Council. That's 
for what that's worth. Okay, then we get into the consent calendar, the COPS grant. You've heard of this. This is to put more cops on the street. Here's the rub, folks. The uh, feds give you three years of a four-year deal. You have to pay year number four. Atwater wants to get two. They've applied for the grant. Uh, they were successful way back in 1417, that four-year period. They had, uh, I believe they had four officers. Or no, they were all paid for. Uh, what, however many they got, they were all paid for last time. They got some sort of waiver. I don't know if that's applicable this time to get that year fourth waived. But three years, you know, three out of four is not bad And uh, when you need cops. And Salvador says he does. Chief Salvador says the number one issue in Atwater is accidents, traffic. And I can tell you, Rounder said, people drive like, well, I don't know where they got their license. Or if they even have one. And don't talk about insurance. I can't tell you how many people that have been the victims of hit and run here in this town. I mean, you better track them down. I mean, if you got one wheel hanging on, you better follow them because uh, there's not much they can do unless, they, unless you catch them. Okay, so the cop grants, it's the fourth fourth uh, year is on their dime. One of the uh, questions there was whether or not they can afford it, what happens in the fourth year. But uh, that's the issue with this type of grant. You know, you got to, you got to, you know, that not everything's free. So they went ahead, decided to uh, go ahead and, and, and apply for that. Another interesting fact is the grant only covers $125,000 of the salary of a police officer. Now, you would say, Case, $125,000. But uh, that's really not a lot of money when you consider all of the add-ons. The um, I'm not going to call them perks. They're just they're just necessary things. You know, the CalPERS, the, the safety, the training, all of those things add on, and they have to be divided into the force <clears throat> so that you get a uh, you know cost-per-person type of thing. So sometimes 125000 isn't enough. And I just want to digress here for a moment. I made a little uh, thing out of the county organizational sh- chart, the Merced County organizational chart. If you just punch that in Google, it'll come up. It's this beautiful color, 8.5 by 11, and it has the organization little chart, uh, you know, all the different departments, that sort of thing of the county. Right at the top is the Merced County voters, which should be no surprise because you elect these people. The Board of Supervisors, who I had two in on my 8 o'clock hour, Scott Silvera and Darren McDaniel. It's interesting. I wrote the uh, salaries next to a lot of these bubbles with the uh, folks' names in here. And it doesn't really matter the names because, again, they're, they're filling a position that is necessary. But it's just the organization and the amount of money we spend on management. So the supervisors out the door is $171,000 each. So you can see the COPS grant. If you were trying to get a couple of more supervisors, and I'm just using this as an example, you'd be $50,000 short. So the supervisors on my little matrix here are the least amount per person. Then you go off of the uh, that bubble, because you have the bubble at the top, Merced County voters, then it goes down to Board of Supervisors. Off to the right is Forrest Hansen, our new county council, took over from uh, Mr. Fincher, who was there many, many years, $408,000 a year. Then you go down from the Board of Supervisors, because the Board of Supervisors are responsible for hiring county council. The county council reports to the Board of Supervisors. That's why this organizational chart is so fascinating. The Board of Supervisors is your link to the county as far as representation, direction, that sort of thing. And Merced County voters, I should just include what is a Merced County voter, a United States citizen and a resident of California, 18 years old or older on Election Day, not currently serving a state or federal prison term for the conviction of a felony, not currently found mentally incompetent to vote 
by a court. That is the requirements to participate in elections currently here in Merced County. That's who elects our supervisors. They, in turn, elect these folks to run our lives. So Forrest, Hanson, City uh, County Council, 408,000. James Brown, 509,000. And then it goes down from there. Uh, Human Services Agency, 257,000. Then you go on to the uh, right, left side of the page, and you have the folks that are, again, directly responsible to the Merced County voters. The assessor, the auditor controller, the treasurer, tax collector, the district attorney, the sheriff. Again, these are the folks that um, are responsible directly to the voters, and their wages are fairly com- commensurate with a uh, supervisory-level position. And, that, and that's where I think it kind of gets lost in the woods here of what these people are responsible for, a $700 million, $700-plus million budget. And so these kind of wages really, when you look at them, they may seem fairly excessive, but they're really not out of line. But again, we, we ask for accountability. So when we look at some of these bonds to take care of personnel, uh, the grants rather, excuse me, this COPS grant, realize it's very expensive to run government. And even at $125,000, that doesn't and sometimes begin to cover the cost of some of these positions because these positions are very expensive in government now. So they're going to go after that. They'll see what happens. There's only 200 grants issued in a year. Outwater has been successful in the past. They'll see what happens. Yeah, they're going to do a zone change on Avenue 1. There was some concern last meeting about that from Councilman Ambrose. That seems to be resolved. Uh, kind of interesting. They talked about zone changing and uh, zone changes and uh, what the guidance is for land use. And so once the land is rezoned, then you have to come back for the specific uh, issue that's going to be put on the property. And that was kind of interesting to know that, you know, it's really, it's a two-step process. The CMAC money, this is kind of interesting. This is the congestion mitigation and air quality effort. Again, a program put on, I don't know if it's the feds or the state uh, to do just what it says, uh, congestion mitigation and improve air quality, and one of the things they like to do is put in sidewalks, uh, lighting, make it more walkable, the handicap ramps, curb and gutter, that sort of thing. And there's a lot of uh, areas of Atwater, Winton Way and 5th Street, uh, not Winton Way itself, but Fir, Elm, Drakeley, Cedar, 5th, 6th, 7th Street, all those are going to be impacted by this CMAT work. work. It's going to start here fairly quick. There's going to be some outreach uh, done to the community so they don't freak out when they start digging up half their yard because some of these areas they've really kind of just grown out into the street uh, where the yard and the asphalt meet and i think some folks uh, may or may not know that there's a public right-of-way there for curbs gutter a mow strip and the sidewalk and your land quote unquote starts at the first crack the uh, first expansion joint there right uh, between the sidewalk and the and the driveway apron and so there's going to be a lot of these improvements done that haven't been done in over 100 years in Atwater, uh, some of these areas other than when they were first built. So they're going to make a big, big outreach to the public uh, so that the current owners know that they're going to lose a, when I say lose a little land, it really never was yours, but obviously you've been using it. I saw this down in San Diego in the beach there along Mission Beach. Folks had kind of encroached into a public no man's land. It really wasn't the boardwalk, but kind of a green area and they built fences and pretty soon people had fountains and it was absolutely unbelievable and the city had to come by after about 20 years and tell everybody to pull that out and boy there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and upset folks but uh, you know a right-of-way an easement is just what it is and I think uh, the city is going to try to make this as painless as possible 
Uh, the funds are available. Uh, there's no need to use city uh, city funds, but it's really going to add to the curb appeal. Hopefully, the residents will realize that this is going to be a great uh, a great deal uh, for them in the end, even though it may be a little a uh, little inconvenience at the, a little inconvenient at the time. Then we went to a presentation from Corey Billings, a recreation update. Uh, there are lots of things going on, as you know. The COVID situation pretty much shut down all recreation programs in all cities. There was some porch parades, things they did. Uh, the COVID-19 clinic, they had the Christmas parade, the toy drive. They did something for Easter. And now uh, they're really looking forward to June 15th, but still a little apprehensive. In the presentation, there was a plan A and a plan B. Obviously, plan A is the wide open, let's go for it. Let's do everything we uh, always wanted to do. The plan B is a little more restrictive, somewhat similar to the guidelines they've been living under now with, uh, you know, maybe renting some of the public spaces, that sort of thing. But as far as indoor activities, somewhat limited. So hopefully they can uh, go with the plan B, which is, you know, everything's football, soccer, basketball, volleyball, uh, summer camps, they even have stuff for the, uh, the youth, excuse me, the uh, seniors, uh, that sort of thing. So it's really kind of hard um, to, de- to determine where it's going to go until we get to June 15th. Now, coincidentally, the next Atwater City Council meeting will be on the 14th, unfortunately, right before uh, that. And then the next one will be on the 28th. So we probably won't know until the 28th in Atwater officially what's going on. But Corey, is, uh, Mr. Billings, is really, really excited about what's going on. Uh, hopefully they'll have Plan A, which is freedom, or Plan B, which is still the same old kind of lockdown stuff. They talked about having a couple of fundraisers, which I thought was really neat. Farm to table, uh, dinner, uh, fundraiser down there for uh, raising some funds for things. Also, they want to have a new digital sign downtown. I think they talked about having a, a fundraiser for that. And, uh, you know, it's really this getting out, getting back to normal is good for the mental health, for kids, for seniors. And one of the things that they talked about uh, that, that's hard to plan for right now is there's no guidelines for adult recreation things, uh, recreation programs, uh, only for the children and that sort of thing. And they talked about specifically the splash pad opening up. They hope, they hope to actually do that on June 15th if they can, because, again, the weather has been somewhat conducive to using that. There was a little talk about how uh, the age of use for the splash pad, because some of the council members were jokingly talking about being out there, uh, the, some of the first to use it. Uh, 4 to 12 is recommended, but obviously if you're a parent taking the young one out there, you might get a little wet too. But it, it just uh, it's something that really a lot of people are looking forward to. Also, the 4th of July celebration that's coming up in Atwater, and there was some talk at this council meeting about the unknown of the parade. That's since been decided there will be a parade, and that's really good news to know that. Uh, they also talked about maybe having some sort of a fundraiser, a uh, oh, not a grudge match, kind of a uh, you know a, 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 spectac- a, a spectator sport of the uh, the old uh, they used to call it the uh, the cop bowl here, I believe, where the sheriffs and the police department took on each other. Uh, used to end up sometimes we had some workers' comp issues, some injuries that would happen, but they talked about maybe having something like that with the Atwater Police Department, Cal Fire, uh, some sort maybe flag football. Uh, a friendly competition. I guess they used to have the the water ball competition where they would shoot water at a ball and 
uh, whichever side it landed on. But again, that's too much water, and we can't do that now. So there was some talk about trying to have more community events, uh, more things to do for the public there in Atwater, especially looking forward to the June 15th grand opening. So I'm sure Corey Billings will be bringing more information about that. Uh, Then they went to the public comment. Uh, The Johnsons, uh, kind of the ongoing saga continues. It's really... Uh, it's really kind of sad to watch this going on, but again, everybody has the ability to speak, uh, to talk about uh, their situation. I know that the last time I was in Atwater and drove around the city hall, they were living in a motorhome by Atwater uh, City Hall, the, the current city hall. As you know, it's going to move downtown. They had a lot of signs on the uh, side of their home, uh, motorhome, you know, kind of depicting their disdain for some of the things that have gone on in Atwater. They're no longer in their home on Drakeley, and they take a lot of issue with that and a lot of bad language it's just kind of sad to see that go on but again the mayor uh, seems to uh, understand what's going on Uh, that's why he made them come up first which i thought was appropriate then everybody else could talk about the issues they had well hey we're out of time i can't believe this how quick this stuff goes we're out of time for the second segment one more segment in the six o'clock hour then we have roger wood community conversations my good buddy, uh, great six new episodes with him today. And then uh, 8 o'clock, Darren McDaniel, Scotty Silvera. We'll be right back. You Saturday morning. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Reset's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM KYOS. Saturday morning, third and final segment of six o'clock hour. Time to get up. Uh, lots to do this weekend. So many things going on if you're so inclined. You can pick up trash with the mayor today at Rahiley Park. I hear they have enough food to feed the entire city. Who knows who will show up? So again, it's another trash collection event with Matt Serrato. This time they're going to be down in the uh, creeks and byways. That'll keep kind of cool. You know, the water flows through there, along with other things. That's happening today. What else? Oh, the Mercado happened this past week. What a great deal. Hot summer nights, Thursday, first Thursday of the month. Uh, going on for the next few months, we had our Cub van down there with one of our personalities. So it was a really nice time. I drove down there, made it down there about 8.30. Uh, didn't want to be too early, fashionably late. And it was still going on. It was it was warm. It was warm, okay? I had to work Thursday during the day, a rare Thursday work day. And uh, I, you know, I thought, well, I'll go down about 6 o'clock. Well, 6 o'clock, it was still... It was still hovering around hotness, but I went down about 8.30, so pleasant. They had street dancing going on. Lamont was out there doing the, uh, oh, I don't know what the dance, it was was so much fun up and down the street. So many people there, MPD, they had the new doogies out there, the little doggy woggies. Just so wonderful to see everybody out enjoying themselves. That was a really nice time. So did that. What else is going on? G Street, hey, G Street. (laughs) 
Not to be outdone by the Bradley overpass or the M Street overcrossing, the G Street work continues. The water main break, I hate to see what a sprinkler in Applegate Park takes to repair, but again, I understand. I tease a little. We were told it would be two weeks. Little did we know it would be two-week increments. As I drove in today, it was still blocked off. I think people are just... You know, there was talk one time of making one of the north-south arteries, GMRR, a bike path. Pedestrian mall, pedestrian-friendly, uh, whatever you want to call it. Why don't we just start with G Street? Just leave it closed. Let people walk up and down aimlessly. I don't know. Anyway, someday they'll get it done. Someday. Uh, let's go back to the Atwater City Council meeting. Not much left to cover on that. Uh, we were at the public comment, the Johnsons. Boy, if they had to put a dollar in the jar for every bad word that was said, Atwater might truly be out of debt. Then they came in, and uh, who else came in? Therone Sanders had a really great uh, oratory he gave in front of the council saying that we are not a racist city. Uh, give the mayor, he gave the mayor a MAGA hat, and no, it's not the one you're thinking. It's the Make Atwater Great Again. And I thought that was really appropriate again. Mayor Creighton getting a lot of support from the community, grassroots support from the community, people that know him, that have been around him because of their testimony that I've heard at the council. And this go, this flies in the face of what the community organizers, some of the rabble-rousers that want to pick at the paint of racism, the old tropes out there that are new again to some of these young people. Trust me, we've heard it all before, and it's just as offensive as it was 50 years ago, or really even 12 years ago with President Obama when he took race, race relations in this country backwards a good 40 years. So I was really pleased to see that not only people stood up uh, for Paul, uh, Mayor Creighton in the public comment portion, the uh, big dog towing uh, gentleman uh, showed up again, uh, uh, showed his support for the mayor, and I believe had more people uh, in the uh, in the audience. Again, they only have the one camera angle, but he talked about bringing people to support the mayor that evening. Uh, there was also three emails uh, that were read. Again, they were all uh, for the mayor and his actions. Uh, one was uh, disgusted by the accusation. She was a Hispanic person. Another one said the people are fixated on the racial aspect. And a third person said that uh, she knew Paul. He's a good guy and bless his heart. So again, I, I think that this issue that's happened in Atwater and to a lesser degree in Merced is something that uh, is, is really kind of there's a little bit of a pushback against it because, you know, there is rules. There are rules. There are ways to do things. And, you know, ignorance is one thing, but to be shown the way I think is really what's necessary here. Uh, no penalty if there was anything done in the past as far as vendors. But going forward, we need to have consistent rules. They need to be enforced and everybody needs to comply. It's real simple. And we need the county buy-in on that also. This is something I did not get to talk to Darren and Scott about uh, when they were in here, the two supervisors, which you'll hear at 8 o'clock today, uh, about the county's role in the health department aspect of this. This is a health issue. It's very similar to what Darren talks about with fireworks. It's a health and safety issue. Well, if you don't think getting a bunch of cut-up mangoes in 104-degree heat that haven't been properly refrigerated could cause a problem, well, you're wrong. And this is the role of the county government. This is the role of these agencies. 
I don't know. Let's see. What does the health department get here? Mm, I know the agricultural commissioner. He gets $287,000 a year. Oh, public health director, $253,000 a year. So I don't think it's too out of line to ask. I was reading from the county organizational chart there, by the way, the Merced County organizational chart. I just filled in the the amounts that these folks get out of off of Transparent California, by the way. A great website if you ever want to use it, a, re- a resource. And these are 2019 numbers. These numbers are two years old. I would assure you, almost guarantee, bet my salary that those numbers have gone up since that website was updated. But again, I digress. The, the point being is that we need to have buy-in from the county on these issues. The city of Merced is looking at an ordinance right now for street vendors, uh, I think this is good. It needs to be defined. We need to have rules. That way, everybody knows what the rules are. And then we help those folks that need help complying with the rules, however we can do that. And then we go on. But to keep picking at this racism, which is not there in this community, I think is an affront to everybody in this community because we are not a racist community. And I appreciate Theron Sanders standing up and saying that. Then we had a presentation about the 4th of July, uh, what was going on. And again, pretty much everybody knows what's happening now. I thought it was uh, really interesting that Blaker Brewing is going to have, this is the uh, new uh, facility over there on the property of Castle Air Force Base, Castle Commerce Center, whatever you want to call it, right there by the big water tower. Matter of fact, they have a new venue. Uh, They call it the tower. They're going to have an outdoor stage, outdoor seating, that sort of thing. I guess if you have a VIP pass, you can actually be on the base, watch the fireworks, and have an adult beverage. Uh, There's going to be some different bands. Uh, Jim Price was giving the presentation. Again, with the one camera angle on the city council, all we saw is the uh, posterior view of Mr. Price. He has a little ponytail, and he was wearing his glasses backwards, his sunglasses backwards on his head, and it almost looked like Cousin It It looked like he had eyes in the back of his head. It was kind of funny. But uh, he gave a good presentation, kind of a long presentation. It was interesting. He took a couple of shots at the uh, lack of an explore program in Atwater and how taxed the chief would be with overtime and that sort of thing. But uh, he was going on prior, uh, past his uh, allotted three minutes. The mayor tried to shut him down and said, hey, why don't you come back next time when you know about the parade? And Jim said, no, I'm almost done and spent another five minutes going on. But Basically, let folks know that the Rob Tracy band is going to be there. There's also going to be another band called Troublesome, which I guess is uh, very, very good. The gates open at 5.30 over there. And so, again, I I think Bleaker or Blaker Brewing is the place to be. But uh, there will be a lot of seating in the park. They've opened up some other areas. I would encourage people to go and, you know, find out themselves what's what's there. Now, the firework program this year is only going to be, unfortunately, 25 minutes uh, because of the you know the cost of fireworks is very expensive. Every minute you know is, is just literally burning money, and uh, there will be a lot. You know they were talking about uh, the illegal fireworks. I'm Fourth uh, of July this this year is on a Saturday, I believe. Let's see, one, two, three. No, it's on a Sunday, and so there will be a Monday afterward. I believe that's how that works. It's usually the Monday after. So it's uh, going to be a lot of uh, illegal stuff going on. But again, try to support the. Atwater Fireworks Show. There's nothing going on in Livingston this year, and I do not believe Gustine is having anything going on either. Livingston usually has a little bit of a program. They have more of a kind of a three-day fair of it all. Then they, excuse me, then they went to council comments. Uh, a lot of it was about Memorial Day. Again, that's come and gone. We all understand how everybody feels 
Uh, never forget those that have given the ultimate sacrifice. Then uh, I'll just talk about some of the things they said that were different than Memorial Day. Councilman Button uh, was wanting to give kudos to the graffiti unit, which was the mayor. I think he realizes it's the mayor. And uh, the mayor does do a good job. Uh, mayor Creighton has a graffiti abatement service, uh, does it here in Merced and in Atwater. And uh, I agree with Councilman Button. Uh, pretty good pretty good job on that, on that front. Councilman Raymond, who has not been in attendance, was on the phone. And uh, he talked about uh, commending Officer uh, Garcia, about uh, it was Code Enforcement Officer Garcia, getting COVID vaccine out to the homeless camps there in Atwater, which I think is really admirable. Again, these folks, a hard uh, community to contact, hard demo to reach. And, uh, you know, it, it, getting them that, that help was, uh, was pretty awesome. And then he also wanted to uh, congratulate Chief Pimentel coming to Atwater uh, as the head chief of, every, of CAL FIRE. And uh, then wanted to uh, thank Bobby Ayuso helping him uh, privately uh, during this difficult time. You know, he's going through uh, quite the rehabilitation. And hopefully that will be, uh, is successful in coming back to the dais soon instead of just a voice in the speaker. And then he went to Kale. He uh, wanted to give Public Works a little kudos there. Of course, this was Public Works Appreciation Week, month, I don't know. But we have the same thing here in Merced. Uh, High school grads, a lot of high school grads out there. We want to give them congratulations, too, as a... Councilman Kale did. Uh, talked about the water tanks in the city. People see those laying around all over the city. That's the uh, TCP remediation. And then he wanted to talk. Uh, thank Victory Baptist Church. They had a nice uh, police officer uh, memorial, not a memorial, but a celebration. Uh, thankful to have police officers in the community. Uh, Rivera, new motor officer, Rivera, Atwater PD in the Atwater area, uh, graduated first in his class from the Motor Academy. Uh, Councilman Kale wanted everybody to know that and had seen him in action pulling over some speeders there in Atwater. So again, as uh, Chief Salvador said, the number one issue in Atwater is traffic safety. And so they have a new motor officer. So be careful when you're rolling around over there in uh, in Atwater. Amber is, uh, he talked about, again, the Victory Baptist celebration. Uh, He said it was so good he might start taking the wife, which, uh, you know, hey, Get her out of the house once in a while. And then he uh, talked about public public works being a quote-unquote crappy job. And then he kind of uh, went into the, uh, you know, we wear the union label uh, because I believe he is a uh, a steward or something. He talked about classified jobs at the school district. I thought we were talking about the city of Atwater. But anyway, you know, you got to get it in there. Get that rhetoric in when you you can. And then he made another push for the fire uh, PD game. Uh, you know, let, let's get uh, let's get them out there on the football field. I would just, again, caution you about workers' comp issues. And then the mayor, uh, he finished up uh, taking the last spot, as usual, about the uh, 80th anniversary of the Ebony Socialites. Uh, that's something that uh, we've had on Roger's show before, those folks, a really great group over there in Atwater. And then he said a very heartfelt thank you for your support tonight, for all the people that stood up uh, in support of the mayor. Again, there was nobody there in opposition to the incident that happened uh, over, what, over a month ago. That seems to be in their rearview mirror. That seems to be what I've seen in the past with these folks. They come out, they get a lot of people uh, to, you know, uh, jam the public comment for for a couple of meetings, and then they disappear. And again, I think it's just to throw grenades, to throw rocks, to cause dissension, as opposed to really uh, addressing an issue, because there really is no issue. It's, it's, It's very, very simple. You either... Go along with the rules or you don't. It's not a matter of the color of your skin. It's a matter of complying with the rules. We are a nation of laws. 
Well, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. I want to encourage everybody to listen to that great interview I have with Darren McDaniel and Scotty Silvera coming up at 8 o'clock. 9 o'clock, I don't know, I'll rattle on for another half hour, probably about the Merced City Council meeting coming up Monday night. On June 7th, that'll be an in-person event. Hope you can be there. If not, watch it on TV or on Facebook. But I got to go, and then uh, Granny's later. Going to get that eggs Benedict. We'll see you later.